You're tuned in to East Tennessee's premier sports radio call-in show. This is The Drive. And hello, good afternoon, and welcome to another Stellar edition of The Drive on Fan Run Radio Thursday afternoon edition of the show. I I love the Thursday show because it feels, for me, it's like kind of my my start of the weekend. Yeah, because you're going to be partying at National Rx tomorrow with Jets Pizza. You're gosh darn right I am. Hanging out with the gang out there, Jim and everybody. Yeah, the beautiful people, the The Farragutians. Farragutians. Yeah. Looking forward to it, man. I'm ready for the weekend after <laughs> last night. That was, woo. I'm looking forward to uh, making my triumphant return. You going to come out? It's about time, man. I miss my Fridays out there. Yeah, I mean, you're, you, you know where to find me. I'll be there. Hopefully, we will begin to turn the page by then. I, I think we're in for another three-hour therapy session here. That's all right. It's all good. I guess we, we everything can't be perfect all the time. We were no. having our little Pax Romana here the past couple of months in Big Orange Country. Everything was just going swimmingly. Uh, we got Danny White, the my, man with the Midas touch, Big Josh Heupel, you know, Rick Barnes doing his thing. We're all fired up about Vitello. Uh, you know, we can't win all the games all the time. Would be nice to have a little hardware to <laughs> – to go along with with all the wins, but uh, we'll see. There's still still plenty of time this season. We burned it down for two hours last night on voluntary reaction. You want to you want to relive the the intensity, I guess. You could go back and check out that podcast. I, I saw there was getting a lot of a lot of plays last night. I'm not sure if that's all just Vandy fans engaging in a little schadenfreude and that's fine whatever drives yeah. our our numbers up i'm i'm p- perfectly comfortable with but i think there's also a lot of tennessee fans and i've heard this from a lot of i know our, our boy dr vols like this where like after a bad loss he can't listen to voluntary reaction live but he'll go back and listen later i know there's some of you who probably weren't in the mood for it immediately last night you're like ah crap turn out i go to bed you went to bed yeah. all mad My- i'm gonna go to bed mad and then like you woke up and you're like oh okay the sun came up this morning i'll listen to it on the way to work or whatever yeah i kind of felt like that at points during the show last night you guys you guys got so everybody just went absolutely ballistic including you i mean you kind of set the tone for the whole thing i mean it well then you, you came I mean, in firing you have to have your pulse on your your finger on the pulse of the people i mean that that and, and it wasn't fake i mean that's the first time i've legitimately been mad after Tennessee basketball in a long time, and I'm still pretty pissed off about it, quite frankly, but we've got three hours to fill, so I'm going to pace myself here. Um, Do you still stand I, by what you said last night, that it was an in, inexcusable loss? Yeah. Yes. How could you even ask me that? Yes. It's an inexcusable loss. I wanted to make loss. sure because, I mean, that that was when you sent me over the edge last night. I was like, good God almighty. Well, here's the – I still think – you know, if you're asking, have I calmed down anything, changed my mind on anything, I said, like, not really, man. I still think last night was a turning point. I think this team needs to reset. I think they've got to shake some things up 
today. It cannot just be business as usual. It can't be, well, we're winning on the road is tough. Uh, oh, we had some open shots and just didn't go, oh, I got to you know, knock it down and come more close it. No, no. This season's on life support right now. One, just look at, the, have you guys looked at the upcoming schedule? Or, like, really looked at it? Have, yeah, have you I, 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 do, do I you did know this what the, morning. What the, Missouri this weekend, if you don't win that one, Alabama, yeah. Kentucky, at Rupp, A&M on the road, South Carolina should be a win, Arkansas at home, Auburn on the road. If you don't win this weekend, it's Katie Bar the doors, man. Like this thing, oh, it's hyperbole. No, like this thing could collapse. So you can't go in. And, oh, let's look at the film and oh, here this guy didn't box out. Like no, to hell with all that, man. I'm not saying press the panic, but you got to shake it up, man. You got to shake it up. All right. We started the week with optimistic, pessimistic, realistic. I'm going to do that again real quick here for you. This one's going to be a little bit different than the one we did Monday. Optimistic take on Tennessee basketball. Tennessee still has time to get right. We know what they're capable of defensively. And if they can defend and find a way to make some shots, they can still make a run. That's the optimistic view. I mean, I can't even – we can't pretend about a championship now. That, that, that's, that's done. Alabama's not losing three times. Um, pessimistic. They're done. Done. Early season results were fool's gold. This team is offensively inept. They don't have any elite scores, and now opponents are figuring out how to work around their quote-unquote number one defense in the country. Another first weekend exit is inevitable. That's your pessimistic view. The realistic view today, as I see it, last night was a deflating loss that ended any realistic chance of a regular season conference championship and a one seed, two seed is still within reach. And if this team can find some consistency, then we can still make it out of the first weekend. That That's kind of where I'm at right now. Is that... Is that the realistic shot, making it out of the first weekend? Is that the realistic goal here? Or are we still kind of – to me, you know, we talk about the dream, the sacred quest, the the Final Four, the Holy Grail, all that stuff. Man, that's never looked further away after last night. It it very much looks like a dream to me. Wow. Really? You really feel that way? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> what you did you watch that? We just lost to Vanderbilt, bro. Yes. Yeah, I but I, I kind of feel like if we could, if there was some way to jump, hop in Doc uh, Doc Brown's time machine and go back, there are some interesting parallels. To what? The Elite Eight team. Some of our teams that made the deepest runs. Now, granted, it wasn't under Barnes; it was under Pearl and Conzo. But when when we were kind of damn near out on the team about this time of the season, 
and they put it together. I, I'm just saying, I like your realistic take a lot more than whatever you're going through right now over there. I I don't know what I'm going through. Do, do we have this clip ready? I, I got here an hour early and try, you know, every, something every time we want to play some damn audio on the show, something goes wrong. It, right now, my te- my text won't go through. Like I, I'm I'm trying to text behind the scenes, and my text won't go through every time. Every time, no matter how hard I work, something goes wrong here. Yes, yes, I'm I'm misplacing my anger about last night's game onto my professional life. It's unprofessional. That's what's happened. Don't worry about it, Bear. We'll fix it later. Damn it. That darn phone. Ruined everything. Well, no, it's, it's, it's about right. to set me over the edge. Here's the biggest issue to me. The big, if you want to crystallize it down to one thing, the biggest issue is there is no one on this roster right now. And I'm not doing that thing where I say, oh, there's no one, and then there's like just not as many guys as we like. No, there's literally no one on the roster that Rick Barnes, this team, can depend on night in, night out. No one. And we could talk about, well, it, it wouldn't be nice if Key came alive or Adu give us something, Urosh, and all. We can talk about all the bench guys, all the role players, till we till we're blue in the face. If you can't depend on Josiah, who looks like he's out for a minute now, Vescovy, Ziegler, and Camwa, like those are your four guys. Those are your four veteran players that have to be productive. And if they're not productive. All this other stuff doesn't matter. That is the biggest single issue. It's not that uh, the defense didn't quiet or the, the like offensive con- continuity as a mm. whole, the way we play. No, it's just – Our starters are playing like garbage. That, Well, that sometimes – that's the thing. Sometimes they play like garbage. Yeah. If – one of them were if it was just Josiah, if he if it was just Josiah that's in a slump, and the other three were productive for the most yeah. part, you can work around that. You don't have to have all four of those guys hitting on the sil. Uh, you can have one guy to have an off night against good teams. You can have two guys have an off night against not so good teams. But when all four of them yeah. just aren't playing well, and then you have. One of your, and I'm I'm not putting it on him. It's just it happens to 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 guys. Vescomi basically made two two horrible horrible plays. The clanging the front end of that one and one, and then I mean I don't want to call him out, but well, did you hear what he said after the game? Vescomi, no. Have you gone back and looked at it? Is I, I I did the deep dive and, and and we can we can get in the weeds here a little bit. I think it was probably bad, and I said so last night. Like my I was getting on him for leaving his the the shooter in the corner. He said after the game that there's four, there should have been four point two seconds left on the clock, and this is this matters. Like if you go back and watch the previous play, there should have been four point two seconds on the clock. They put 4.8 on. The ball is still touching the shooter's hand with 0.1 seconds on. So if they get the clock right, the, the shot doesn't count. We win. Anyway, Vescovy says after the game, he's a veteran player, right? Four, yeah. Like he knows what he's doing now. They're one of the best defensive players in the league. 
if not the country. And he says, four seconds, you have time for two passes. They had the, their two passes. So when that guy started driving, he's thinking, there's no way he has time for a third pass and, and somebody getting a shot off in time. And there, somebody sent me a great freeze frame today of the play as it developed at the top of the key. And you could see we've got three guys around. I think it's Ziegler, Camwa, and maybe Key who was in for – or whoever – who maybe Meshack was I think was in for Triple J um, at that point. As he's as the their guard uh, is turning the corner and beginning his drive to the basket, like he's got a clear path to the basket. There's nobody – it looks like at that point he's going to have a layup. And that's what Vescovy sees when he makes his ill-fated decision to leave his man. And – you know, if yeah, but it's it's he, to me. If Go he ahead. if he gets there, if he gets there in time, I, I don't think he can get in there in time to do anything but foul. But if they get the clock right, if the officials get the clock right, there's no way he gets that shot off in time. And I'm not so sure he did anyway. There's no definitive. That is the problem with all the TV angles. Like there's no there's no picture from last night, still frame video or otherwise, of the shooter. With the ball leaving his hand and, and a clock in view. Like, there, that video doesn't exist, which is hard to believe in 2023, but here we are. The, the, the closest thing you can say is that it left his hand with .1 seconds to go. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, – that's how things go down there in that gym, though. And there, I mean, that's – the reason you don't have any of those camera angles is because of the, the bizarreness of the way everything's laid out in there. Uh, and there, a million things had to happen for it to get to that point. Phillips passing up on the dunk, Vescovy missing the the free throw. We had so many opportunities. It should have, and it should never have come back to those little things. I mean, Tennessee should have been in control of that game at that point. There's no world in which it should have been a one possession game with 17 seconds to go. I'll tell you another big point was, uh, and I'm not hammering him. It was just it happened was when uh, Tobey fouled the three-point on that three-point, just when he just completely – Yeah. Just, yeah, I mean, there's – I felt, I felt really bad for him because that more than – like that doesn't bother me as much as um, some of the dumb stuff. Our senior guys, some of the plays they've been making because he's – at least you – I mean, he's, he's a freshman. He made a really dumb – basketball i mean just made a big mistake out well, it's there. like barnes after the game basically saying that phillips has to dunk that he said you have you can't pass up a 100 percent shot and i'm just sitting I there mean, did he listening tell him to that? it yeah i'm thinking gee brick if only there was somebody that could have conveyed that message to him you're coming out of a timeout you drew up the play i'm guessing you were gainy but you know somebody has got why, to why grab the clipboard at, at that point and say listen if this works to perfection somebody's going to have a wide open look here, a layup or a dunk, go ahead and take that. You know, we, yeah, we don't want to take a pull up 15 footer or a three or anything, mm. but if we've got a chance at a dunk and, and this could happen, then go ahead and take that because then it'll be a two possession game. You've got all the time in the world to explain that to him. I ain't like, I know this is his style. He's never going to change. Rick Barnes is just a straight shooter. You ask him a question, he's going to give you the right answer, but it's like, man, it kind of felt like he was throwing. Phillips under the bus there last night. Yeah, I mean, it just seems to me that Barnes, maybe that should have been the last thing you We all tell. know he should have dunked it. Like, you yeah. don't – it doesn't and, have to be said, and, man. 
and Julian does does as well now. But I would I would expect Barnett the last thing because it, it was obvious to me it looked like that was the play design was to get Julian, you know, on the run, and he got it. Damn, if he just thrown it down, we win that game going away, man. Well, not, 200 fans storm the floor. God, I hate Vanderbilt. <laughs> not going away because here's the thing. I've heard people say that. It, not necessarily, man, because it's a four-point game with about, what, 13, 14 seconds at that point. And yeah, but then they're, they're, they're still they're still at, what, they're six fouls or five fouls at that point, right? Or was that – They're getting closer. At that point, they drive – they're probably going for the quick two, and we're not fouling. And so they're probably getting a quick two, and we're in the same spot where we're going to ha- – eventually we're going to have to hit free throws. Yeah, but it, it cost it cost a lot of time. You, you just He has to throw it down there. Sure. I mean, he, ha- I mean, he needs to be like rim-rattling, dunk. Oh, yeah. I mean, the, That's what the, winning teams do. The, the chances improve exponentially, but I mean, we're still going to end up on the free throw line – at and some point. Dude, he could have thrown – that's what really bugs me about it is he could have thrown it down. Yep. He had – He had. it's not like he was bobbling oh, it or something. It's just banging indecisive. Banging his chest going just, back down the floor. He wasn't going to – anyway. We'll open up the phone lines here. 865-546-8200, your number to get on the big Orange Phillies phone lines. Just one of those days, man. Everybody woke up this morning. We'll work through it. Christopher Gabriel coming up in the 5 p.m. hour of the show today. We'll get his take on everything that went down and where this team goes from here. Tennessee basketball in crisis on Fan Run Radio. We'll break it down coming up next. Stay with us. So, shout out to Jordan Moore. Got me the definitive screenshot here of the ball out of the shooter's hand. Point one, still on the shot clock. It was. I didn't realize it was that close when I watched it in real time. I just assumed that he got it off in plenty of time. I, mean, I know it was close, but I, I thought that there was no funny business going on there, and I was so mad that I didn't watch a replay. I think I saw the replay a couple times on Voluntary Reaction, but you know I'm paying attention to the show and not really really looking at it. And then uh, going through the DMs today that I missed last night, and there was a – I mean, there was some – it was really, really close. But he got it off. It was also um, – it it is interesting. They, the clock. Tony Green blew his whistle and awarded a timeout at four point two seconds. Maybe four point three at most. When they come out of the timeout for the play, there's four point eight seconds on it. Now you can go and look at that. So let, let's generously let's generously say that they that the timeout should have been at four point three. Right. And they went back at the at the monitor and looked at this. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they gave yeah. 4.8, a full half a second. Yeah. And he got – and the shot leaves his hand with 0.1 seconds. You do the math. I'm not Albert Einstein. I can do that math. Doug Shaw screw it, job. Oh, it was Tony Green. I, I actually think that crew is pretty good, man. People say, oh, there's only two fouls. Like, name me a play where – 
we should have where Vanderbilt got away with a foul. I thought they could have called a couple of over the backs. Uh, I thought they let, I thought they let uh, what's their big guy's name? Robbins, is that his name? Yeah. Uh, I, th- I thought they let him big boy Tobey a little bit. I mean, Tobey got away with a, a couple of plays too. There, I don't I like Tobey. You know, they they called the one on 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 Robbins for the forearm on Urosh. I mean, you could call that play, you could call that foul every time down, and, and they don't, and they should. Like I, my my thing is any co- any basketball coach will tell you that a, a team that doesn't get to the free throw line consistently, like that's a sign of a lack of aggression. That's just a sign of a team that doesn't drive, is not committed to driving and attacking the hoop. And if it, if this were, if the free, three free throws last night were an aberration, then I would say, okay, maybe you blame that on a bad crew. But this is a recurring theme. This team doesn't go to the free throw line much. No, because they don't attack the rim. We, we, yeah, we we don't. It's it's not officiating, man. It's mentality. Watch, watch watch Alabama, watch Arkansas. I, you know, the, these teams just attack the rim relentlessly. Like, it's it's stunning. Oh, yeah. You don't have to be like, Henry like, Iba to realize that they're playing a different brand than Tennessee. Yeah, it's like a, like a pack of wolves. All right, let's hear Barnes. Uh, this is after the game talking about what they were talking about in that last time out. Well, the one thing we said, three-point shot. We said uh, – they're either going to, we felt like they would either try to go inside to their uh, limb or they would get it downhill. And we just said we got to make it a tough shot at the rim, but under no circumstances can we give up a three point shot. And we did. And they made it, so give them credit for it. Brian, you'd like to see Julian take that dunk when y'all were kind of running. Boy, the come, come on, he's got to do that. I told him you don't turn down a 100% shot. That's it. I mean, you know, he's got to do that. And, um, He'll learn from it, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's got to do that. With 18 seconds, they've got five fouls they've got to give. They're going to have to foul, so we've got to, we've got to go. When you get a wide-open dunk, you've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to get it. Rick was as frustrated as I've ever seen him after a game. Like, his answers were short. He's, you, that was, you could hear him, like, tapping on the table. Like, he was, he was oh, really was frustrated. was him tapping? Yeah, he was upset, man. I don't blame him. We lost to a garbage Vanderbilt team, dude. Here's what I wondered if they just didn't consider. Like, it's a two-parter, but like, do you think this team could have beaten them in overtime if they had just gone for a two, tied it up, and gone to overtime? Do you think we could have beaten them in OT? I think it would have been a, still a toss-up. Sure. Yeah. So, but, to me, the question becomes, like, like he said, you can't give up a three. Why not just let them score? Let them tie the game up. If you feel confident enough that you can stop them in overtime. Let them take the two. Let them get an easy layup if they want it, but do not let them win the game in regulation. We had enough. If Vescovy doesn't peel off his man there, there's no way that guy makes well, the three. There, well, he he might make the two. The driver might make a layup there and send it to overtime. Yeah, and I'd be cool mean, with that. Yeah, that's worst case scenario. You get to play five more minutes as opposed to lo- losing at the buzzer. So, the only thing I'd say. To, to Vescovy about you know him saying he didn't think there was enough time, I mean, like Vanderbilt's quick, that's one thing, and they they can move the ball around. They did it last night. They got us out of position several times with just really good really good ball movement, and that kid flipped it out there, and then the other kid buried it. 
Last thing I'll say, and then we'll get some phone calls in here. You got to shake things up, man. I, I I keep saying this, said it a billion times last night. I've already said it today. Like, you, you cannot just go into the film room today and have another Rick Barnes three-hour film session and then a really hard practice and then, you know, your, your Friday. You, you can't do your normal routine. You got to shake some things up. We got three guys on the bench that aren't playing this year that are, as far as I know, healthy and available, can, can play, and we are choosing not to play them. And I don't know if B.J. Edwards, D.J. Jefferson, or Freddie DeLeon can make any kind of meaningful impact this season. I don't know. You don't know. I don't know. We don't, we don't know. I, I don't know that Barnes knows. He probably thinks they won't, but – we keep talking about how your main guys aren't producing. Well, if they're not going to produce, you need to try somebody else. And if nothing else, maybe if you do put BJ or Freddie or DJ in for some, some minutes and, and see what they got, if nothing else, maybe that lights a fire under Zakai or Vescovy or Camwa yeah. and say, oh, man, like my minutes aren't guaranteed. Here's the thing about Barnes when he yanks guys out for for bad shots, and I, I, I see this narrative coming from the folks who cover the team. It's like, oh, he doesn't do that. He doesn't. He he only he only pulls guys out for missed defensive assist. Like, dude, we we watch the games, okay? Don't tell me he doesn't pull guys out for taking bad shots. We've been watching it for eight years now. That absolutely happens every game. So, like, if if you do that but you put him right back in, what message is it really sending, right? He'll pull um, That's where I Phillips for, for taking a shot early in the shot clock. He'll sit him on the bench and then send him back in two or three minutes later. Yeah, and that um, that's why you see uh, – I mean, you noticed it with – I think it was with BJ. You mentioned it. He's playing, and you've seen that in other Barnes players over the years. Real tentative – Afraid, yeah. like you can tell, they're just afraid to make a mistake. The one that stands out to me was, and I think it was in the Georgia game, a game we won handily, but it was key. It was a, it was a game here a couple of weeks ago. I'm pretty sure it was against Georgia, where we got the ball out. It's kind of a secondary break thing, maybe like 25 or so seconds on the shot clock. He got the ball on the wing, wide open, just a shooter's dream, and you, and you could. See, instinctively, he starts to pull the trigger, but then, like, uh, you know, he does that. Uh, yeah. Like, and he just – and he stopped because it was it was just too early. He and did it last night, and it could, cost him a point. You could see in his head, if I shoot this and don't make it, I'm going to the bench. And so he kicks it out, and we pass it around for 30 – like, whatever we happened. Take an I, off I, don't, I, don't, I don't remember. Yeah. But it was just like – you see that kind of stuff all the time. Yeah. With this team. And they play so tentatively, and I guarantee you that is what happened with Phillips last night. Is he he sees that and high school Phillips AAU Phillips he cocks that oh. thing and just yams it, and and it's game over. Yeah, he but, might go under his legs, but he he's running towards our bench, and he knows Barnes is right there, and he knows he can dunk it, but. He just like uh, I, I don't know what if I miss what if uh, you know it just that little second of indecisiveness I'll just err on the side of conservatism just, we'll just run clock here instead of just being an absolute just cold blooded killer and I know Barnes you that dunk I, it, I know bro. Barnes said 
and that's what he wants him to do. We all know that's the right play, but to, to dunk it. But he's, he's just got these guys so on edge on offense. And, man, it's a double-edged sword. I, I know I'm, I'm dabbling in the Barnes bashing right now, but like that, that on-edgeness is what leads to our great defense. That, mm-hmm. that, that attention to detail, that can't-give-an-inch mentality, that's that what – but it, it, I mean, there, there's a dark side to it too, man, and it cost us a game last night. Yeah. I mean, he's old school in a lot of ways. <sighs> Let's get Martin in here to start things off. On the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Good afternoon, Martin. You're on the drive. Good afternoon, Russell. What's up? I need to ask Marcus, did the Celtics make any trades? So, How did I not see that coming? Yeah. Well, so Boston has made a trade um, already. They traded for uh, Mike Muscula. They sent Justin Jackson and two second-round picks to the Thunder for him. Uh, good depth, big guy, can shoot the three. But um, I don't know. I, I feel like they're going to be done for the day. I think adding uh, Muscula was probably there as their third Muscula? big. Yeah, How I think. How big is he? That is a very fair question. I should have pulled that up. Um, but, but, but he played. The thing that's cool about him is he actually he's played with Al Horford a couple times. Yes. Um, so they got some familiarity with each other. And what's his name? Mike Muscula. Mike Muscula. Is it Muscala? It's something like that. He's 6'11", 240, 31. So, yes. Good depth guy. And Russell, I got something to tell you. What you got for me, Martin? Ron Slay and Jason Swain said mm-hmm. on another show that Jerry Stackhouse could leave Vanderbilt and go somewhere else. But you know what I'm hearing? What's that? I'm hearing he's going to stay true to Vanderbilt. Okay. I mean, it's hey. Congratulations to them. It's it's a good win for them. I, I don't think he's a very good coach. I, I don't think they're I mean, a very good team. He said after the game, was his, this last night was his best career win as a college coach. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, that gets to, you know, Tennessee's a top 10 team and has been for most of the year. We're getting everybody's absolute best shot. Mm-hmm. It means something when Tennessee comes into your building. You're not, we're not getting off nights against anybody. Mm-mm. And so, if you have an off night, you're going to get beat. Wanted to wear the crown. But I, I don't think, you know, Stackhouse is going to get fired if he stays there. He'll, he'll get fired in two or three years. And- yeah, but between now and then, he'll make, he'll make bank and they'll be upper-level mediocrity. And if they want to do that, that doesn't bother me any. Weak Vanderbilt's a good Vanderbilt. Yeah. And I, and I kind of like Stack when we're not playing him. You not like we're him, Russ? Jason Swain's backing him, Russell. They're backing him? Yes. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I, I hope he stays there, too. He did nothing to win them that game yesterday. I had people, oh, you know, he bled the clock and did all this. Dude, we we made so many mental errors. And they made ten threes. They had a hot night in their home gym. Congratulations. Like, did the victor go spoil it? Hang on the rim. Go off, Vandy. Like, you – you you get your moment in the sun. Y'all still suck. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We're still going to walk the dog on you in baseball, and we'll be around oh, next they, fall. They don't like that. Pummel man. you in, in football. Again. They, don't, they don't like that. When you tell them how Tony V 
is oh. the new sheriff in town. New sheriff in town. Hey, they they don't like that. Yes. Vandy fans don't. They, Russell. They, they, no, it's true. Russell. Martin. I appreciate you. I appreciate you, buddy. Thank All right. you. Jerry Stackhouse. F O H. Oh, it was such a brilliant play design. Yeah, it's I could hit that shot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, an unguarded, uncontested, wide open three pointer. From a you know, a power five okay, college like, basketball yeah, it's shooter. Like, it's, okay, cool. I mean, those kids, if you're just out there just shoot because he just shot it. Vescovy made boneheaded decisions. Phillips made boneheaded decisions. Triple J, bless his heart, is about worthless last night. Ziegler, boneheaded. The the only two guys who showed up were Awaka and Key. Yeah, and that that that's not good. It's it's good that they showed up, but when the only two guys that show up are bench players, that's not good. That's usually you show me a, a team where only two guys show up on a given night, and the two guys that happen to show up are bench players. I'll show you a team that took an L. Unless it's one of those rare occasions where one of them just has the greatest night of his life and rips a, like a 27 or a 30-point game. but No, nah, we don't have that guy on this this roster, huh. though, man. No. I think we might. I think there might be one on the bench out of the three. I thought about that. Do what now? I found myself uh, thinking down the road if they all stay here. If we've got one of those kind of guys sitting on the bench right now with one of the three freshmen. What, what do you have to lose at this point, give, giving some of those guys some minutes? I mean, have you seen any – and I, I, I know it's warm-ups, but, I mean, D.J. Jefferson could jump out of the out of the gym, man. Have you seen how high that kid gets? He'll attack the rim. They need They need something, man. They need something. You can't just say, "Well, this is this is what it is." You got, you got to fire team, your bullets. If we end up getting bounced in the second round, it it's going to suck no matter what. But it's really going to suck if they come out and DeLeon is just a baller from the beginning, like I pretty much think he's going to be next year. Yeah. And and you're and you're wondering, he was on the team last year. <laughs> Why didn't yeah. we pay him? We had this great team that peaked in February, in, uh, January, and just, we just uh, let him sit on the bench for no reason. He's not going to be here four years. How many other coaches are there that would not like? You think Bruce Pearl would have? Those all three of those guys would be playing right now. I feel like they would have been getting minutes. I know uh, he, we, he, we looked, have to stop, he bad. I, here, here's the we have to stop using Bruce as, as the example when it comes to that stuff. Maybe Nate Oates because Bruce has lost his fastball. Bruce ain't Bruce anymore. Bruce lost to that same right. team last night. You think Musselman? You think Musselman sitting on three freshmen? Probably not. The, Probably not. You think because wasn't that part of like Fulmer's kind of mo is that he'd have probably a really good freshman and end up. Kind of putting him behind a little bit before he finally put him out there. 
Wasn't that kind of because it wasn't like, like you know Lewis was pretty good running back and I don't, he wasn't much of a contributor as a freshman. Am I wrong? Well, he was when he finally learned the blocking schemes. So that's why I'm wondering. Like, heck. like is this, is Rick kind of pulling a Fulmer right now? No. You don't know the defense. You're not getting out there on the court. Well, I if you're not experienced enough, I, I see I'm not what, putting I, you out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I I see your theory, and I think there's something to it. I just it it's not a good analogy because we're comparing three players that we we don't. Uh, I I don't know how good any of these guys are going to be. I don't think any of them are going to be akin to the Jamal Lewis. Well, of I just 1997. I, that's fair. My main point is we don't know until you Maybe give them a shot. Might. You don't put them out there, we're never going to know. Well, yeah, that's. We're all singing from the same songbook, my friend. Stay with us. The drive continues. 865-546-8200. If you want to get on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines, quick timeout. We're back with more right after this. Fan Run Radio, The Drive continues, 105.7 FM, 1340 AM, streaming online this afternoon, fanrunradio.com, your free Fan Run app, a variety of ways for you, yes, you, to experience the program this afternoon. We get back to it. Phil is next on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Good afternoon, Phil. Nice to you, David. Hey, Phil, how's it going? Well, not too good. Oh, Philly, break it down for me. How do you see things after well, last I, mean, night. I heard your first start last night. I pretty much agree with everything you said last night. I mean, uh, the bottom line, this disgraceful loss, uh, uh, getting you beat by a mediocre team. Uh, now, the number one seed's gone. The number one, number two seed's probably gone. And the way we're, the way we're playing, we're probably going to fall to a four or five seed. That would be precipitous. I mean, for that to happen, Phil, you got to go like three and four or worse down the stretch. Well, look at our schedule. I, well, not saying it's impossible. <laughs> no. I was just saying that, that's what at, would have to happen. We've been saying all year that our guards are, are the weakness on this team, and it showed last night, uh, once again, uh, we do not have a guard who can drive in there and get fouled. Or go in there and get a shot off. No, no, and you know, on paper, you've got you know Vescovy's six foot three. We we sometimes act like act like he's six feet tall, right? He's six foot three. He should be able to get more shots at the rim. I realize that he's not going to be able to get any shot he wants on the at the rim, but he should be able to do that a little bit. But then you've also got Triple J and Phillips. And, you know, they have those NATO Tarek Musselman body types, right? Where they're long, uh, they can they can drive, man, and they just don't do it. I mean, yeah, well, they, Phillips, uh, go ahead, Bear. I was going to say, I mean, yeah, and I'm just thinking the guys, when you see them in Nate Oates or Musselman's offense, those guys are really aggressive and, you know, are a lot of dunks and layups and just power moves. Well, I think Barnes uh, takes the aggressiveness out of his players. I really do. Uh, we don't have an alpha dog, and if you're not an alpha dog, uh, 
you're going to succumb to his uh, barrel beating. Yep. I mean, uh, it's pretty obvious that Triple J is the leader of the team, even before when, when he was injured and missing all those games. Like, he was always front and center, and you could tell that he had a big voice in the huddle and, and all that stuff. And I think he's good at that stuff, but Phil, when that guy always has to be productive, right? And he, you don't have to be 20 yeah. points a night, but he's had so many one of six, one of seven games this year when – your leader isn't producing like that. I think that it has a negative impact on the team's overall psyche. We don't have, like you said, we don't have an overall a guy who gets us a bucket when we really need one. I mean, there's no go-to guy at all. Nope. Nope. And, <laughs> you know, we, we could have the conversation of who that should be, but we've done that several times phil and none of these guys are stepping up so i mean i think we're all just we're at the pulling our hair out point of it well, right now you pretty much already said uh, why don't he give uh bj dj and uh, dillion a, a shot and see what they can do because sometimes late injections in your yeah. line i mean uh fresh legs someone's uh, gonna play nick smith here in, the, in a few days uh he's a five-star you know player uh I mean, you got to do what you can to win when you can. I mean, uh, you know, like next year. He's Freddie Buckets, Phil. You don't know. Maybe he comes in there and gives you spark. Maybe he comes in there and drops 20 this weekend against Missouri and completely changes the narrative. And we all shut up about what we've been talking about for the past two weeks and get up for Alabama. I mean, it could save your season. Yeah. Well, I mean, Phil, am I wrong? All three of these, all three of the freshmen that aren't seeing the floor right now. We're all we're three of the top players in that elite AAU. They're all they're all three of them are top one hundred players. Yeah. Dillion was top fifty. Last night's the worst uh, regular season loss since Rick Myers has been here, in my opinion. I think it's a devastating loss to the program. Uh, it also signifies now that Alabama and Arkansas have passed you, uh, and. Uh, there's other teams that are getting close to passing us as soon as they get more talent on their rosters. If we don't change to some things we're doing over there. Yeah, it's, it's a really bad loss. And I, I think maybe the worst part is I think that the dam has kind of broken with a lot of fans who were maybe frustrated, quietly frustrated with a couple of things that's been happening with this team. And, after last night, they stopped being quiet about it. They're like, darn it. And I hope it's not the beginning of the end. I hope we didn't cross yeah. a path, you know, whatever Texas, whatever happened with them, whatever happened there, where, you know, where their fans got out on Barnes. I hope that's not what happened last night. But I don't know, Phil, man. I got a weird feeling about it. Yeah, I, I begin to think this is the beginning of the end, but I hope uh, Utah will call in. See you. Weird obsession with. Do you get that feeling though that it's like, man, did we just cross a point last night? No, I, I thought some of you guys were. I feel like, but that's what was frustrating me last night because I, I don't think we're even close to close to that yet. Well, I'm not talking about like he gets fired this year. That's not happening. But if I, I don't think anybody, any none of us believe that this is a Final Four team at this point as we sit here today i don't think 
next year is going to be markedly better or worse one way or the other. I could see a, a situation where Rick, Rick Barnes hangs it up in the next two to four years, you know, whenever that day comes. And, and he hasn't gone to a Final Four, and he hasn't made any sort of you know, meaningful run in the NCAA tournament. We've had some nice teams, been ranked. But I, I could see us, whenever that day comes, looking back and saying, you know what, it was that Vanderbilt game in 2023 where we were ranked number two, and we lost to Florida, but we, we went to, down to Vanderbilt and lost to an awful Vanderbilt team and the program never really got back to where it was Mm-mm. right before that. Ooh. I, didn't, I, I finally understand what you're saying. I don't know, man. Just have to wait and see how it all plays out. It's an interesting observation, though. I, I hope it's a wrong one. I do, too. Hey, here's the thing, man. Again, you beat Missouri. We can go into that breach one more time. We'll get up for Bama. I'm not chiseling an L in stone next Wednesday when Alabama comes in here. If y'all want to do that, you can't. Maybe I'm insane. Maybe I'm an idiot. But just get this win Saturday, and then you've got a chance to flip the script and make all of us who were losing our minds last night look like a bunch of dopes. Get this thing back on track. Yeah, because I think the two toughest games in that stretch are at Rupp and then at College Station. As crazy as that sounds. No, I mean, I mean that's, that's a brutal stretch. Bama at home, Kentucky on the road, A&M on the road. That's a brutal three-game stretch. And then who do we play stretch. the next? Then you got South Carolina. And then you got Arkansas and Auburn. Yeah. Got to win Saturday, bro. Have to. 865-546-8200. Your number to get on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Thursday afternoon edition of the show. We're live tomorrow at National Law Rex in Farragut, getting your weekend kicked off fan run style. Marcus Young has the top four at for a busy day of the NBA. Are there any former Vols on the move? We'll update you on that coming up here in the top four at four. Then we'll go right back to the phone line. Stay with us. More fan run radio coming up. <laughs> 